I know why you're here. It's because America had another crisis. Funny what a crisis does to us. I'm not sure what crisis you're here to talk about, but it doesn't matter because this crisis is just like all the others. Take a seat, get comfortable, get a cup of your favorite drink, tune everything else out, and let's relax and talk about what's going on. The first thing that I want to address is your emotions. When things like this happen, we all develop a really strong emotional response to it. In some cases, I think that can be good, but not usually. Take a minute and think about how you've responded on an emotional level to this crisis. Do a little self-analysis, and without criticism, take an inventory and see what's there. A lot of times, but not always, you're going to find fear. After all, we can only imagine the implications of this, how bad it can get and all. So fear should be the first thing that we address. Like I said, when something like this happens, fear is really typical. We can't help but think about all the bad things that can happen because of this crisis. What's the government going to do about it? Will our daily lives change because of this? What if? Fear can be safety for us, but can also be a trap. In cases like this, I think it's usually a trap. I think the Bible agrees with me on that one. Proverbs 29.25 says this, The fear of a man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in Yahweh shall be safe. It can be really easy to be fearful. But we as followers of Jesus need to remember that our God is in control. Maybe things will happen. Maybe even some of your what-ifs. But have you ever what-ifed a what-if? Like, what if that happens, then what? Well, that'll be okay. Even if things just spiral out of control, things will never be not okay. Remember, Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Later on, Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And finally, in 8.38 and 39, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Things may get tough, but there is nothing to truly fear. Things will be okay. But maybe we need to work on our definition of okay. Another emotion that comes up a lot is anger. People are ridiculous. Can you believe what they're saying? It is infuriating knowing that there are people out there who actually believe that. Of course that's not true. 
Believe me, it bothers me so much that people can be so stupid as to believe the things that they do. People say and think and act on so many dumb things. It makes you angry, and it makes me angry too. In our country right now, we have a tense political system, and social media makes it so easy to go online and see so many people saying so many things that are just so wrong. Sometimes it seems bad, but it gets so much worse when this sort of crisis happens. And that's not the only thing to get angry about. Let's take right now, for instance. There are people and policies responsible for this happening. It never would have been this bad. In fact, this whole thing could have been prevented if only we had done things the other way, the way you and I have been saying it should be for ages. If only people would listen, if only they would see reason. There are people to blame for this, and it makes us so angry. It makes us want to lash out. I understand that feeling incredibly well, but think about it. Does it really help to feel that way? It's what's natural, but it's not what's going to fix this. Especially not going on social media. I know you have an opinion. I know that you're ready to pop because it's building up so much pressure, but again, before you do something like that, take a deep breath, look at your motives. Maybe your ultimate goal is to be helpful. That's good. I like that attitude. But what about your short-term goals? Are you posting just because you need to get something out of your system and vent your anger into the collective? I know you believe in what you're saying, and I know that you think it's going to help because you did say it. And those are good motivations. But don't go with how it feels. Think about what it does. Turn to the wisdom of the book of James. James 1.20 says, My beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Listen, it's best to leave alone whatever it is that's bothering you so much. In a brilliant metaphor, Proverbs 30.33 says this, For as the churning of milk produces butter, and the wringing of the nose produces blood. So the forcing of wrath produces strife. Oh, it's genius. Again, I know that you're more than likely angry for one reason or another about all of this, but it doesn't do you any good to be angry about it. You can't help anything about this situation until you've fixed that anger within yourself. So take Proverbs advice and spend some time on something that won't press your anger. Now, these are two things that are really emotional. They kind of cut us down to our human core. But I want to talk about two really practical things in particular here. Both are related to social media and the news, by the way. So the first is misinformation. I would like you to keep in mind that in the middle of this crisis... Tons of misinformation is being spread around. So if you decide to be informed, you need to be a really good researcher. Find backup and find primary sources for every claim you see. Remember, America is all about narratives right now. And politicians, activists, news outlets, they're all going to try and give you whatever information they think will help their cause. 
whatever new information comes to light, I think you should first act like it isn't even true. Give it time to be confirmed. And everyone talking about it doesn't make it true, so there's no need to worry about it until we can be sure that it is. There have been premature obituaries before, even for in-office presidents, and people go nuts. Give it time to see if it's real, and don't react to it until you're sure that it is. Doing research to find the primary source is really important, too. And my number one piece of advice when it comes to misinformation, don't use the hashtag. In fact, really don't talk about it at all, not until you're positive that it's true and that you have a really good reason to say something online. Also, don't trust headlines. If you see a headline that gets your attention, first, check the publisher to see if they're respected or not. If they are, go into a web search. Don't click that headline. See what other information there is, and see if you can find a primary source. Headlines are often misleading, and they're used to get you to click and to give them ad revenue. In other words, they're using you, and nobody wants to be used. By the way, redeeming the time at the time of me making this crisis episode makes no money from you interacting with any of our content on any platform. Just a thought. My second point is about division in America. In the description of this podcast, I've linked a playlist from a YouTube channel I really like called Smarter Every Day. It's run by Destin Sandlin, and he's a really cool guy. Destin went on an adventure to find out how misinformation is spread on the internet, but he not only found out how, he also found out why. I really think you should watch it, but let me explain why misinformation is shared online, especially from sources outside the country. It is to divide Americans. Remember that Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. So I don't mean to alarm you, rather just prepare you. People desperately want America to fall. So they spread misinformation. They make fake headlines, even fake accounts that look like real people, all so that they can play with your head. These headlines and accounts are constantly spreading division and hate. And sometimes, both their identity and their hate are in disguise. Oftentimes, images circulate online that seem to be in agreement with certain people groups. The idea is that such a people group, in this case we'll say like Republicans, the idea is that Republicans will share that content. Usually it will even say something like, share if you agree, or it will dare you to share it with phrases like, only real Americans will share this, or I bet not even 50 people are brave enough to put this on their feed. My personal favorite is a picture of Jesus and Satan arm wrestling and a caption that says, share for Jesus, ignore for Satan. Look, I'm going to use absolutes here. These types of posts are always, always malicious attempts at spreading division and hate. They may be disguised as content that you agree with, but they're just using you to share the content. Usually that content is designed to be appealing to you and appalling to others. For instance, let's look at a post designed to do just that. 
This post is from a Facebook page supporting a Republican president. And I saw this picture on that feed. They had this picture of a man, and he's dressed in bubble wrap, and he's covered in these fragile stickers like you'd see on like a, uh, something in the post office. His t-shirt says millennial, and he spelled it wrong by the way, and his hat says I'm offended. To some people, I think particularly older people on the right, that looks like a funny joke. To anyone else though, that seems intentionally offensive. There's an irony there to calling someone out for being offended when also trying to be offensive. The image gives boomers an overcharacterized idea of what millennials are like, and makes millennials in turn have a reason to not like whoever shared that post. Everyone loses when that post is shared, except for the original poster, because causing division, distrust, and hate is exactly what they wanted. This post is just one example. There's tons of these. And it gets worse in the middle of a crisis. I've been seeing them everywhere lately. So, with that being said, take a look at your social media feed. There's a crisis going on, after all, and people are talking about it. Look for images, especially blurry ones or ones that have been heavily or badly photoshopped. And these posts are going to have some sort of stance being aggressively stated or alluded to. Maybe there's a pun, but usually someone's taking the fall. Odds are that this post was created by someone who doesn't even agree with that or even care about the whole situation. They're just concerned about spreading malice. By the way, those images that are blurry are blurry because they've been downloaded and shared over and over again, which means that whoever posted it isn't even the original creator, and who knows who it was. What I'm trying to get you to see is that there are people actively trying to make Americans hate each other, and they're trying to divide us up in every way that they can, by race, by gender, sexual orientation, age, political affiliations, anything else they can find to get us worked up about. So while one thing to be aware of is to not share content that does this, there's actually more than that not being the person who creates that divisive content on their own. Tell me, what with this crisis going on at all? Is the best thing you can do for it to make a post about how irritated you are with the people who disagree with you, or the people who you blame for this, or that politician you like or don't like, and what they said? Do you think spreading your hate and anger into the social media space is really going to help? It's only going to divide us more. I wish, so badly, that America would unite over this crisis. But we aren't united. I know it. I know there are people you disagree with or don't like. That there are people that you would love to blame or make fun of, but that isn't helping. The story of the Bible is a hopeful one, a story that begins with a united humanity, but it splits and falls away from God, and humans now roam the earth, and death and destruction follow us everywhere. But we look forward to the day that we can once again be united with each other and God. These are our fellow humans. They bleed the same blood, they breathe the same air. They stare in wonder at the same moon, and dream about the same stars. We probably like the same movies, TV shows, music, uh, the same foods. 
and they're just as stressed and anxious and angry about this as you are, even if they don't show it in the same way or even at all. They want a better world too. And just like you and I, they think they're achieving it with what they're doing. I know that I don't always see it like that. Most of the time, I think they're stupid or evil or something else. But I never take the time to give them compassion. I need to change that, and I hope you take the time to change that too. And that's where I want to begin my last point. What can we do about this? I don't have the answers, but I have some ideas. First of all, you can start by spreading love everywhere you go, online included. Not passive-aggressive love, not love with strings attached, just plain love. Also, you can give. Donate your time, your resources, or your money. Why wait for the government to do something? You can just do good yourself. Do what Jesus would do. Give from yourself before you ask of others. Love the people that you have the hardest time liking. That's the best advice I can give you. I know things are tough. I know it's hard to think about anything else. I know that fear and worry and anger and malice are trying to settle in. But these crises, these are our moments to shine. Lights shine brighter in dark places. And love hits deeper in hateful times. This is our time to live and love like Jesus, no matter the circumstance we're facing. We're having a crisis here, but that doesn't mean we should have a crisis about it. This is Redeeming the Time.